0: When and where were you born?
1: I was born in Stewart, Martin Memorial Hospital, September
0: 7th, 1955. Okay. Uh, talk about your parents a little bit and your family background. Where were your family from? Um, if you weren't born in Homestead, but you were, you know, where were you born? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what did your parents do for a living?
1: Yeah, my father is Alfred. Miller Senior and my mother was Adele Miller. Um, my father was born here in the Hope Sound area uh, on what's now Gomez Road. Uh, my understanding that there was a flower farm, uh, Spicers, I believe was the name, and he was born on that property. Um, my mother was local as as well. I know that she was born, I believe it was 1929, although I don't remember the actual uh, month itself. Uh, I am aware that my father's uh, father uh, was from an island uh, in the, uh, uh, I'll just say the Bahamian chain, uh, Long Island. Uh, It's a large, uh, vast property. It's almost called Millersville, uh, but that's where his father came from and came to the U.S. uh, I believe either as a part of uh, the workers that were coming here for better opportunities uh, or to work on uh, the railway. Uh, My mother, uh, her uh, family originated in a town called uh, Moultrie, Georgia. I do know that her her grandfather was uh, was a farmer and for some reasons that I'm not sure uh, they eventually moved into uh, a farming town of Center Hill Florida that's somewhere in the in, in the north uh, central part of the northern part of the state uh, I am aware that at, at some point uh, my Mother's grandfather, uh, and I believe there were about 10 kids, uh, they actually uh, connected with uh, a family, the Prestons, and the Prestons were also farmers. And it's my understanding that my mother's grandfather came to, uh, they connected with the Prestons, and they moved here to Hope Sound, this area collectively. Uh, my mother's grandfather was actually his accountant or bookkeeper for Mr. Preston who became a farmer here. Hmm.
0: Interesting. Um, were your parents farmers? Uh,
1: no. Tell uh, us what your parents uh, My mother was a domestic and my father has uh, worked on Jupiter Island probably since his early days. I think I remember him saying that he went to work. When he was maybe 17, 18 years old, uh, I do know that for most of uh, the lifetime that I'm aware of, he's actually worked for various uh, estate uh, owners uh, on the Judah Island uh, Mm -hmm. property itself. Mm -hmm.
0: Do you have any brothers or sisters?
1: Uh, I don't have any brothers, but I have five sisters.
0: Uh Talk a little bit about those five sisters.
1: Well, I'll start with my oldest sister, uh, Joyce Epps. Uh, she's a recently retired attorney. Uh, she grew up here in this area, same as, as I did. Um, the, the part that I probably will get to at some point is that uh, our mother was deceased very early, uh, actually before I was eight years old. And so Joyce is nearly about nine years older than myself. Mm-hmm. So right around the time that my mother was was ill, cancer was uh, a critical thing. They didn't have the advances in healthcare that they have nowadays. Um, Joyce went off to college, uh, Bethune-Cookman College, and she graduated from there and mostly worked in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Linda is two years older than myself. Uh, we basically grew up uh, pretty much together Um, she graduated from Martin County High School like one year ahead of myself and she's resided in the West Palm Beach area for most of her life Uh, Brenda is two years younger than myself Brenda Matheny and uh, she also uh, graduated from Martin County High School Worked for a while with the uh, Pratt & Whitney, uh, and also with the Grumman Aerospace uh, Field. Uh, Next would be Kathy, Kathy Miller-Greg. I'd say she's probably at least about five years younger than myself, and the youngest sister would be Andrea Miller. Uh, Andrea and Kathy, there's probably two years uh, difference in, in the two of those. Every time you tap your foot I can hear. So just oh. remove your shoes okay. and you can keep
0: tapping. Okay. Okay, you know going to tell you to stop tapping your feet. Okay. <laughs> okay, you can tap your marks <laughs> and right. tap. Tap tap Okay. Okay. Yep. Are there any other relatives that were important to you uh, in terms of growing up and
1: oh absolutely. Uh, you have to realize that uh, my father was a single uh, man after my mother, uh, my mother passed and uh, uh, it certainly says it takes a village to raise a child and I'd like to think that my relatives were probably the epitome of what a village should have been. Um, My grandmother, um, my mother's mother Uh, was a business owner here in the Banner Lake area for uh, a lot of years. Her name was Jessie Scott Martin, and um, she was probably a lady that was before her time. Uh, She was a business owner. The place was called the Dew Drop (laughs) Inn, and it was basically a juke joint that sold soul food, beer, wine, uh, the cigars, cigarettes, Um, Soda Pop, you know, she was basically, uh, she sold an entrepreneur and she sold almost anything that it took, I guess, back then to make a buck and to make a living. Uh, Her son was, uh, my mother's brother was Richard, Richard Scott, uh, commonly known as uh, Dickie Boy was his name. He was kind of a jack of all trades. He was a bricklayer, and he was a barber, and among some other things. And then uh, my mother's sister was Cleo Bartlett, and she kind of helped my uh, grandmother for years run the, the business. So they were very important. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my mother's aunt was uh, Pearlie uh, Bartlett, and her husband, Rufus Bartlett, and uh, Rufus Bartlett was a member of the local Masonic Lodge here. He was one of the leaders of the community during that time. And so I spent a lot of time in re- their residencies. Uh, another one of my grandmother's sisters would be uh, Cathabel Hudson. Uh, she was also critical uh, to our, our upbringing, uh, she was very spiritual. Um, she actually worked for a while for the uh, a family on Judah Island that would eventually produce uh, the lady that she worked for her husband was uh, Ambassador Bush mm-hmm. they would eventually have a son that would be uh, President Bush who recently passed mm-hmm. and so we know their history from there but uh, she was kind of doubling and she she took a lot of time with us And, um, of course, my father's uh, brothers, they were very supportive and and instrumental in in our growing up.
0: So you truly did have a village?
1: Oh, without a doubt, yes.
0: Let's talk a little bit about where you grew up, the house you grew up in. Um, Where was it exactly? Was it in Gomez or some other area? And what street was it on? Uh, And were there other houses there?
1: Yeah, uh, I grew up on citrus citrus way and we were right up at the top of the hill that intersects uh, Lantana we were across the street from the Benner lake club Um, uh, We I like to think that we we lived there during a while when the entire street was not yet uh, fully developed Uh, there were a lot of house lots that were not yet; uh, they had no homes on them, and so we were some of the earliest, um, one of the earliest families mm-hmm. to live on that street, along with the McLeans and uh, uh, um, the Fords and uh, Mrs. may McAfee and and the moments. I think those were the families that lived uh, on there, as I can I can recall.
0: now you had. Um Five sisters and you, so that's six children. Yes. How many rooms were in your house? Three. Okay.
1: Yeah, but we shared uh, just one bathroom, so we had to juggle a lot.
0: (laughs) Talk a little bit bit about what the house was like inside.
1: You walk in, there was a small uh, living room that uh, also connected the kitchen, but there was a space there that had enough room for a dining room table. Uh, if you proceeded from the doorway directly north into the home, that was the first bedroom. And right next to it was the bathroom. And if you made a left to go up the, uh, the hallway, that would be what would be normally called like the master bedroom on the left and another bedroom on mm-hmm. the right. Uh, I think the bedroom on the right, we had twin beds in it, um, and, uh, it was it was a lot and you know we lived there the great thing about living there was that uh, that house abutted my aunt's house Cleo Bartlett so within just a few giant steps I could get out of the back door and walk right into their back sure. door and so it was pretty neat because we were always welcome
0: sure sure let's talk a little bit about the community uh, the surrounding community um, You talked about that you were over here in Banner Lake. Yes. When you were growing up, um, was it rural or was it town like? Or, you know, how would you consider?
1: I would think that it was still pretty much rural. There Mm -hmm. were streets here that were not yet paved. Uh, Most of the houses were probably wood constructed, but there were some uh, block homes here uh, in the community. Uh, we uh, most of the people here attended the Dunbar uh, Elementary School Mm -hmm. that was the local segregated school here within uh, the community Uh, and I'd like to say at this point that uh, Gilbert Miller was the um, he was the principal of the school Uh, I like to refer to him as the chief cook and bottle washer because he was the coach he was, he was the disciplinarian. <laughs> uh, he was pretty much everything. And if you'll allow me just a second, I'd like to go through some of the teachers that sure. were up was at the school. Uh, first grade, it was Mrs. Arabelle Parker. Uh, second grade, it was Mrs. Uh, Oliver. Uh, third grade, it was Yvonne Ford. Fourth grade, it was Emma Jackson. Uh, fifth grade, it was Dolly Miller, and then sixth grade again, it was Mr. Gilbert Miller, who also served as the bus driver, the <laughs> coach. Uh, uh, he ran the administration and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I can say is that uh, the Banner Lake Club was always kind of like the center, the the outlet for the community. It was kind of the social environment. Uh, it was my understanding a building that was built by the Bostos they were a family that lived on Jupiter Island Uh, a lot they owned a lot of uh, construction company and as a result they built that banner Lake Club uh, as a place that would not just be a social uh, place for social gatherings but it would also serve as a hurricane shelter during the hurricanes that would happen here uh, in the community. Uh, On Date Street, there was a small store that was run by the Turners. Uh, On Bridge Road, there was a small store that was run. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Bashaw was their name. Uh, The little small brick building that's there now uh, is a business that was owned by my my grandmother's brother, uh, Lawrence Bryant, Lawrence Buddy Bryant. And then, in addition to my my grandmother's business, there was also a, another business out on Bridge Road. Uh, I think it was called like the, the the Tip Top or something like that. I don't remember exactly, but uh, that's primarily what I remember about businesses here in the community. There was also Mrs. Lewis that was on the corner of Florida Avenue and uh, Bridge Road. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then for one of the major outlets here in the community, uh, right around the corner from here, uh, the last street in the community, uh, Coma Street uh, housed our local baseball complex. And so baseball was a very large thing uh, here in the community. It was a great outlet and most sunny afternoons that's where you could find a lot of the residents here from the community mm-hmm.
0: so your community was banner lake as opposed to like gomez yes and those were all separate communities gomez banner lake and Fuda. Y-
1: yes i like to uh, uh refer to them <clears throat> that while they were separate communities uh, there were relatives that lived here in Bannon Lake and maybe there was a brother or a sister that lived in Gomez and then there might be a cousin or a brother that lived in Fruta. So while they were separate communities, they were all interconnected because um, there were r- close relatives that lived in all of those uh, places.
0: <coughs> who were the older people who were leaders in your community?
1: Uh, I think I mentioned uh, Rufus Bartlett and James Hudson. There was Mr. Parks, Simon Parks, who also ran the, uh, the local, one of the local garbage uh, businesses, uh, and that was long before we got solid waste in here. Um, there was uh, Mrs., Mrs. Lewis. Uh, she owned a business. There was uh, Mr. Uh, Benedict Owens, Uh, He was one of the local uh, leaders here in the community. There was a gentleman here. I think I believe his name was Tom Turner My understanding was that he was one of the leaders here uh, in the community and um, I know I'm probably leaving out someone Um, there was um, There was a, a, a group of gentlemen here I guess they were they were pretty really really well respected Uh, there was the Preston's uh, and I I do know that mr. Lewis buddy Preston was he eventually ran for County Commissioner and he was the first African American in the Martin County who actually uh, ran as the County Commission Mm -hmm. and this was very early back in the 60s, Uh and my understanding was that he lost by only about four or five hundred votes, so Uh he he apparently ran a very good and close uh, campaign. Um,
0: So you had a vibrant community.
1: Yes, yes, and uh, like I said, I don't want to leave Gilbert Miller out. Mr. Gilbert Miller was a very pivotal leader uh, throughout his entire life here in this community. I think it's my understanding that some of the homes, that would later be brick house houses, he connected with and through his wife to um, bring some people in to begin to build uh, some of those yeah. houses. Uh, so yes, they had a, a and Mister Mister um, Mr. Richard McPhee was also one of the mm-hmm. gentlemen's, and Mister Mister um, Mr. Joe Moment All those were were guys who uh, were leaders in the community, and it was my understanding that they also had to, because of the fact they worked on the Bosto estate, they had to also be a part of the board of the Banner Lake Club.
0: Ah. Were there organizations that you could join as a young person, like Boy Scouts, or a church group, or similar
1: groups? Yes, Mrs. Joseph Berry uh, he was the, the scout master, if you will. Um, and there was uh, the Banner Lake Club itself also offered the opportunity to, we didn't have like the Boys and Girls Club, but we had the Banner Lake Club. And the first person that we, we had uh, to come in and be like a director. Uh, his name was mr. Williams Uh, I don't really remember the first name but he was the first uh, director that came and uh, provided activities and structure and eventually after he left uh, we got a Marion Hurst uh, ML Hurst uh, who would also come in and he ran the program for several years before finally entering into the educational system and retiring as the assistant uh, superintendent. Mm-hmm. One second, Jack. Anybody back there want to come through?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <coughs> no, I think it's Lloyd, but maybe he went into the restroom.
0: Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. keep going. Um, were there any nice night spots in the community?
1: Well, I wouldn't really say so much nice because like I said, my grandmother owned a Jig Joint, and then there was one other place uh, in town. But uh, usually when you were uh, a young person like myself, it wasn't the local hunts that I was looking to hang out <laughs> into. So, you know, for, for me, no. For maybe some of the older people <laughs> in the community, Cute. yes.
0: Um, where did you go to school, both elementary school and high school?
1: Okay, the elementary school was... Uh, was Dunbar, Dunbar Elementary School. I attended there from the first uh, through the sixth grade, and I was a member of the last uh, class uh, at uh, the Dunbar Elementary School because of the fact that. uh, (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Lost the light.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I kinda saw it.
0: That was that's uh, interesting. You were the last in that last class. Yeah. Okay, pick it up from the Dunbar okay. school. All
1: right. Yes, I attended Dunbar from the first through the sixth grade, and I was a member of the last uh, class uh, at the elementary school, and that was due to. Um, the end of of segregation, mm-hmm. and there was a mandate on after that period of time where uh, we had to assimilate into the integrated schools. Um, there was that opportunity maybe one or two years prior to, and so that there were some local kids uh, who actually left Dunbar and they attended uh, the Hope Sound Elementary. Uh, but uh, by the time uh, I left Dunbar Elementary, that was the the school was basically phased out
0: mm-hmm. and then where'd you go to middle middle school
1: stuart middle school
0: and was that integrated
1: well we were part of the the, the initial assimilation mm-hmm. uh my memory of it was that it was pretty rocky uh things were pretty tenuous there for i'd say maybe the first six or eight months but after a period of time uh we kind of grew to respect each other and I'm referring to blacks as well as whites and Mm -hmm. uh, we would eventually assimilate and I'd like to say that by the time I graduated from Martin County High School in 73 uh, we're probably one of the most memorable high school classes I'd say in the history of Martin County uh, if I would be uh, allowed to say that. Sure,
0: why was that? Uh,
1: Probably that same year as the year before. Uh, the basketball team won the state championship. Uh, we also was part, ecology was a big thing back then. And uh, if you ever remember the Tiger Shores, that was uh, one of the local beaches in Stewart. It was uh, something where the students actually got together and uh, we worked for no cost, but that money went into a pot and then the state matched it and the feds matched it. And that actually bought uh, one of the, uh, that actually bought one of the the local beach properties. Uh, um, We had uh, a guy by the name of Dennis Davis, and Dennis was one of the first guys uh, who actually, in my class, he went from high school right into uh, the Pittsburgh uh, Pirates Ball, Mm -hmm. Ball Club, so Uh, We had a very, very talented group of uh, of guys in my high school class.
0: Cool. What's your strongest memory of school?
1: My strongest memory of school? That's probably a good one. It it could be Mr. Roberts and the psychology program. It could be Weldon Brown and the African-American studies. you know, I uh, it could be Mrs. Uh, I can't think of her name right then, but she actually she she had the the speech class, Mrs. Berenger, I think her name was. She had the speech class, and uh, so those were areas mm-hmm. whereby uh, I was involved in programs. And, and S- uh, Martin County High School, I would say though, was a very very good experience. Uh, somewhat as it is today because I I could tell by the time that I got to college that it had prepared me for for mm-hmm. what was ahead
0: uh, that's actually our next question um, did you go to school after high school yes and how did you decide where you went and what you were kind of going to do well
1: that might be a little bit interesting in terms of how I decided uh, um, I'd like told you about my mother earlier uh, prior to my mother's uh, passing she befriended one of the ladies on Jupiter Island, uh, and, and Emily Ridgway. And uh, Mrs. Ridgway provided the financing for my sister, or uh, prior to me, my older sister, to attend college. And then that opportunity became available uh, to me mm-hmm. as well. And I had written off to the Florida A&M University because I wanted to go somewhere in Tallahassee and. They sent me back an acceptance letter, and I was kind of looking forward to going there and uh, doing my in- one of my encounters at my grandmother's home because that was where everybody kind of got to hang out. And I got into a conversation with my sister, and I said, hey, I've been accepted at FAMU. And uh, she said, oh, yeah, but you're not going there. And uh, so that's how I actually Uh, she made the decision for me, (laughs) if you will, that I would go to Bethune-Cookman College, and it was probably the best decision that Mm -hmm. someone ever made for me.
0: Okay. Um, Who were some of the people that you kind of hung out with as uh, a young person, not a kid, but high school age?
1: Yeah, I often hung out with guys that were just a little bit older than me, but uh, the, the, the McLeans were eventually. They moved to Citrus Way, and they lived right across the street. Uh, and the McLean was a huge family. I think there, there could have been like 14 or 15 <laughs> of them. So there, there were a lot of, a lot of people there. And, and then there was the Queens, uh, Albert Queen, Harold Queen, Clarence Queen, and I. They had also three younger brothers. And then there were the Jacksons, uh, uh, Bill's Jackson. And there was Walter Evans, Pete, um, Billy Harris, um, and there were other guys. Um, a whole bunch of guys. That, yeah, yeah, Curtis Blatt. There were a lot of guys, and, and because there was a lot of competitiveness here. We, we play, played a lot of sandlot football. There was only one basketball court in the entire town. So, you know, everybody would rush home after they got out of school to the basketball court, and... Uh, you know there were so many guys on the side that you knew that if you didn't win (laughs) it was likely that you wouldn't play anymore that afternoon so
0: Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, when you were an adult Uh, what was your first job Uh,
1: one of my first jobs believe it or not I, i started pretty humble Uh, I'd worked for a while with the Jenkins landscape company, Mm -hmm. and when I I couldn't get anything right away uh, I went back to work uh, for Jenkins landscape company, even though I had uh, the college degree Um, And from from there I spent I I left and I spent some time in uh, Detroit, Michigan And I worked as a security guard there and then sometime around 19, I think 79 uh, I got back here, and I uh, applied for a position with the Martin County School Board, and I became a social worker. And uh, back then, there was a position called an officer, and that basically it meant that uh, when there were kids that weren't going to school, you'd go by and make it really uncomfortable <laughs> for them. You know, you'd knock on their door, and you know, you'd talk the tough talk, and uh, doing the, uh, the summer, that job would morph into what was called the, uh, the summer jobs program. And so I actually headed up the summer jobs program, uh, I did my own recruiting in terms of uh, the federal, because it was federal dollars, they allowed us to go out to like the county or maybe uh, marb memorial or, or reputable places, the Hope, Hope Sound Wildlife. Uh, uh, and we get these spots as locations where the high school students will come in and they work for these places And then we pay them we pay them a, a salary
0: Did you were you in the service at all?
1: Uh, no, no, I wasn't
0: okay. let's talk a little bit about your current family. Are you married?
1: Yes, yes, but I, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. I'd, I'd like to maybe talk a little bit about Uh, One of the experiences that I had uh, in Martin County that would eventually shape my career and and change my life. In uh, 1981, I was always looking to break into something. Uh, You know, you just want to utilize your college degree and, and, and do what you can. And eventually, I made a connection at the Florida Power and Light Company. And I thought that, hey, you know, I've really made it, man. This is going to be it. This is, they're going to be around for a very, very long time. And, uh, but unfortunately, there was an element uh, at the Florida Power and Light Company, the service yard, that were still pretty resistant to change. And uh, while there were a couple of black guys that were working there, it was not a great environment to be, working in, uh, while attending Bethune-Cookman College, uh, one of my professors has said to me that there's a thing called, you're free, you're black, and you're 21. And what he basically was saying to me that as long as you don't break the law, you can say what you wanna say, and you can do what you wanna do. And that was kind of the attitude that I'd had up until the time that I got there. And I was resistant To some of the things that I I, I witnessed there. Uh, I heard a word that I'd never heard before anywhere. And it was the word nigger. And that was something that was not going to sit well with me. Uh, I reported it up to the next level. Uh, They did begin to address it. And however, there is something called a probationary period and I think what happened is is that the powers that be kind of decided that maybe this guy he's still on probation we probably need to move him out of here uh, because he may not go quietly and I was fired or I was terminated and after that I, I went down to West Palm Beach and I met with the Human Services uh, Department I told him what happened to me I told him what I witnessed happening to other african (laughs) americans and i think that maybe somewhat to their credit they did a very big investigation at the stewart fpl service center and uh the fact that they kind of sent the message after that that it's a new day fellas this is not going to be tolerated here uh it didn't help me i think in terms of getting my job back but it did a couple of things. Uh, uh, Now that I look back in terms of the career that i would had, there's no way that I could have enjoyed some of the opportunities that I've had, the experiences that I've had, if not for that experience. Mm -hmm. So that experience actually helped to propel me in a different direction, and it really changed the course of my life.
0: Mm -hmm. And that was really the first example of any kind of discrimination that you experienced? Yes, yes. So that was all the way after college.
1: Yeah, it was kind of surprising.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Talk now about your, your current family.
1: Okay. Um, my wife is uh, the former Gail Rowe. Uh, she's Gail Miller. Uh, she had uh, two wonderful sons. Uh, we have two wonderful sons together. Uh, Anthony uh, and Alfred Uh, Nathan uh, she already had when we um, got married and I also had two other kids Uh, so we have a total of it's like hers mine and ours (laughs) and uh, two girls and three and four boys
0: and and you have another generation as yes, well. Yes, yes. Talk yeah. about your okay. Grandson.
1: So so yeah. The the oldest grandson is Carrie Fudge. Uh, then there's Jasmine uh, Jasmine Robinson. Uh, then there's there's Patrick Robinson. Uh, I think Patrick's four. Uh, and then there's Alfred Miller the fourth. He's three. And then there's Adam. Miller he's two and then there's Peyton Robinson and I think she just turned one year old Uh, yes great family yes
0: um was your spouse part of this community
1: yes yes pretty much Mm -hmm. she pretty much a lot of her yes she grew up here and her, her mother, while well, her mother came here uh, from another uh, state, uh, Arkansas, uh, her grandmother was here and, and she's my wife, yes, she spent a lot of time here and grew up locally as well.
0: And did you know her as a young person?
1: I, 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 I knew her. I knew who she was uh, and uh, I th- always thought she was a very nice person.
0: <laughs> Um, Did you attend church? Yes. Which one?
1: Well, I actually attended two churches. I attended this very church where we are, the Mount Olive Baptist Church. Um, That was because of my aunt that I talked about earlier and my grandmother and um, one of my other aunts, uh, two of my other aunts, they were, they attended here. And then my uncle, who was Rufus Bartlett, he attended the Peaceful Valley Church uh, right up the street. And so I kind of split time between mm-hmm. between the two churches.
0: Are you still active in the church?
1: Yes, yes I am.
0: What does the experience of being involved in a church mean to you?
1: Well, I think the the main thing is is that to be a, a God fearing uh, Christian uh, is the basis of why uh, why we attend church in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, the church itself is nothing more than a, a place where We come together and we support each other and we learn about the the principles uh, of the Bible and the the teachings of Christ but I I think that sometimes that when we all go through different aspects of life certainly we need to know that there is a power uh, who's capable of getting us through difficult times oftentimes through through prayer and and faith.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I want to back up a little bit. Um, after your experience of at FPNL, um, what did you eventually end up doing?
1: That's a great question. Uh, for a while, I, I kind of floundered. Uh, I even worked for a period of time, maybe about uh, six years, in a construction job, mm-hmm. something I'd never done before. Uh, if you're ever in the Juno Beach area near Du Bois Park, right on the ocean, you see four very tall, uh, almost condominiums, mm-hmm. if, if you will. Uh, and the last one, right at the entrance, is the one where uh, I first got a job, and we were stocking drywall up, up there. Uh, after that, uh, I continued to go into the state employment. I was filling out applications, and uh, I was brought into the uh, Palm Beach uh, Regional Juvenile Detention Center mm-hmm. and so they decided to take a chance on me and uh, that was the early part of the, the 80s maybe about 82 and I, I worked the dorm for about nine months uh, probably one of the toughest jobs that <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're ever gonna have you know, two guys in a, in a 40-kid dorm but you got to maintain control Uh, I guess it was gonna set me up for some other things and it eventually did because uh, from there I was hired as a a probation officer for juveniles Mm -hmm. and I did that for about seven years and then I did something that I said I would never do I said that after I left the detention center I'd never go back there but sometimes finances make you do things that you say that you wouldn't do so I went back there for six years as a case manager. And then uh, the opportunity prevented itself to become like the assistant superintendent, which is part of management. We had nearly 100 staff. Uh, it was a 93-bed facility, but when things really got bad, uh, the numbers in the facility would sometimes rise to 115, 120 mm-hmm. kids. Um, between that we had the building we had uh, uh, we had the rules and regulations that we had to write we had policies and procedures uh, and and so uh, probably little did I know that the opportunity of going back there would set me up for something even better and so for the last 13 years I've actually been a part of a law firm uh, that is the public defender's office uh, whereby we uh, we um, represent the indigent throughout the state of Florida and I'm actually a representative Where a part of my duties uh, allow me to work closely with with the lawyers whereby we draw up plans and we take them into the courtroom and uh, a lot of times because I'm the guy who drew the plan up uh, I have to be there and I have to have a, a large say so in terms of what happens with the outcome mm-hmm. of the case so I'm relied upon to give my presentation uh, to support why it is that I bring this plan before the courts uh, Oftentimes oftentimes at, at the ejection of the state attorney's office and uh, uh, I, I do the job pretty well and that's why I, I said initially that if I hadn't have gotten fired from <laughs> FPL I never would have known this, this opportunity
0: and eventually he got to use those skills that you learned at cook.
1: Absolutely, yes.
0: Cool. Um, as you grew up, how did national and world events affect your life?
1: Well, um, not so much the Vietnam War, uh, although I knew a lot of guys that had fought uh, in, in the war. Uh, I'm I'm sure uh, I told you that I'm sure it was because of the um, civil rights movement that eventually uh, schools were integrated so I had a chance to you know uh, attend schools and uh, be places where maybe like six or seven years before I would Mm -hmm. not have had that opportunity I, I, I Can I was sitting outside of a dorm in a car when I heard that the president of the United States had uh, had resigned Richard Nixon? Uh, and so I've, I've seen some things that have impacted uh, this country and um, obviously uh, 2008 we witnessed the election of the first um, uh, African-American uh, president and, and so um, I'd like to think that I've seen a, a gradual uh, improvement uh, in the country.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the Allen Temple Church and Cemetery. Yes. Um, do you remember it? I do. Okay. Uh, did you or members of your family attend the church?
1: Uh, I don't really remember having attended there. Uh, if so, it may have been once or it could have been twice. Uh, One of uh, my closest friends uh, growing up was uh, Gerald Preston. And Gerald Preston's father, Mr. Lewis Preston, uh, the same person that I talked about who ran for the uh, county commission. At one point, he was actually the pastor uh, of that church. So uh, I'm just vaguely familiar with that.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Do you remember anything about the cemetery that's connected with the church no not really okay so you didn't have any family members or friends I won't
1: say that I didn't have any family members it's just that I, I don't recall who, who they would be okay uh, by the time that I was of some age most of the persons that I'm familiar with are, are interned at the Florida Memorial Cemetery right over on uh, here in Battle Lake on Coleman Street
0: mm-hmm. okay um, kind of answer this, but I'll give you a chance to um, kind of uh, tell us what you'd like. Uh, how would you say the world has changed since you were young?
1: I believe that there's uh, a, a lot of opportunities. Uh, I think we're all aware that, uh, um, and I'm saying this simply because I know we're kind of recording some tape for the future, Uh, While it seems like things may be some a little bit chaotic in terms of the times that we're living in now I think that there's been a lot of progress. That's been made Uh, Certainly, we have a long way. We have some ways to go, but we've come a very very long way Um, I've seen the advent of the cell phone Uh, I've seen uh, the computers Uh, I've seen television and someone was alluding to here earlier when Uh, 11 o'clock at night uh, we would go to sleep to a flag that was waving and Something that said parents do you know where your children are? Well nowadays there are so many television stations. I mean there must be four three four hundred And so I've seen television has come a very very long way Um, and uh, cars uh, just uh, we've done a lot of things and the computer has I think maybe only begun to scratch the surface in terms of where we're gonna go I mean there was no such thing as the microwave uh, when I was growing up uh, so uh, yes we, we've had a lot of, a lot of things that have changed
0: is there anything else that you'd like to share
1: no um, but again like I said because I know that we're making a record where, you know, maybe my hope is 15, 20 years uh, from now there's going to be some kids somewhere. Uh, I'd like to think that I'm probably an example of someone who uh, took advantage of the the opportunities to uh, get an education. Uh, Education, I'm I'm a strong proponent of education. Uh, You can go from having nothing to having a whole lot just by having an education. I'd like to think that I'm an example of that where uh, when I look back uh, you know I didn't have a whole lot maybe I don't have a whole lot but you know the elder generation used to say get your education and something nobody can take away from you but the education is also something that can open a lot of doors and because of the education I've had the opportunity to become Involved in a lot of things where not just criminal justice, but for Rights of other people and uh, I've sat on the board of the Banner Club now for the last uh, 25 years Only because I believe that there is a thing that says to whom much is uh, given that you have to give back and uh, Currently right now we have under construction a 1.8 million dollar building It's going to be the new Banner Lake Club. And so when I was a kid growing up, uh, everybody wanted to be a part. I'd like to think that this just is going to take us into the future. That old building that I talked about that when we were the last class of the Dunbar. Dunbar Elementary School, it's now the Dunbar Center. And at one point, it was just a dilapidated building. And it took the, the dream of someone like Emma Harris, and we all came together. And as a result, this daycare for underprivileged mothers, um, my wife and Gilbert Miller that I talked about and his wife and Catherine Hudson and Mary Lovely and Lawrence Bryant, you know, there was a period here in this community that was a, not a great time, but we stuck together. And we did, I think, what we needed to do And as a result, we were able to develop a connection with the county commissioner, Janet Gedick, where she redid the park and she redid the pavilions and she redid the basketball courts. Uh, Eventually we got a, a grant that took away the septic systems here, put the entire community on the sewer while the roads were open, the pipes were open so that the company came in and they replaced the asbestos line pipes with new pipes. Uh, We also through that same group we got involved with um, myself and Reverend Henry Jackson of the New Allen Temple Church at that time we had the first meeting with Habitat for Humanities Uh, as a result now today there's probably 20 houses that are here that weren't here before and, and, and so I'd just like to think that uh, I'm not through yet.
0: <laughs> I hope not.
1: But it's, <laughs> it's been a great life.
0: We're done.